We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. And ceremonious coffee sip. Kick off the show. Brought to you by Lion Coffee and Patrick while the chats kind of get going here. Check out Ah. MHH merch for your Broncos for Breakfast mug with Nick Kendall. Nick always gets top billing. You know what? They spell my name right, so that makes me feel good. I always get it spelled I always give you top billing, too. I put you on top. Even on my channel, I put you on top, I think. You know what's ironic though, Scott? In my line of work, the lead author, the the primary investigator, the PI, is the last one. Whoever's last is the most important of your. So see that that kind of fits my life. Whenever I try and do the right thing, I end up making somebody mad. You know, so I'm like, I'm trying to give you later. Like, yeah, well, in my line, it's it's the second guy. Well, shite. (laughs) <laughs> no it's it's just kind of funny and like i don't know if it's anything else but like in scientific articles and journals the last article because they'll have like the first two authored and then it'll be an et al and then they'll always make sure they have the last person in there because that is the primary investigator of whatever research but getting way too down the wings here obviously in my uh my science uh nerdism here albert knopper is coming in good morning y'all good to see you albert we appreciate you michael ronquillo michael coming in big yesterday over on um uh, Scott's channel. The, the he Falcons came in big podcast. again last night too. So Michael's just it's 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 Michael Big Deal Ron Keo. Right, and, and on this show, I think we could call him like the icebreaker or something. We need a nickname yeah. for Michael because he's coming in and breaking the ice on YouTube with stars all the time. Yeah, and on Facebook, and just we really appreciate you. Michael says, "Good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham from the bottom of my heart." Buck you too, Michael. We always appreciate you coming in, uh, saying hello to us, and hopefully you're doing well. Hope you're having a good day, good Tuesday. We got our guy Jeremy Sean in the house saying, morning, fellas. I like the Stidham signing. Uh, it threads the needle of a good young prospect without too much hype and looking over the shoulder pressure on Russell Wilson. We'll get into that some. Uh, obviously, yesterday was a kind of a Jarrett Stidham day, a uh, bit from the national media. Uh, Mile High Huddle has an article out there based on uh, Peter King's work talking about him and Chad with uh, Bucky Brooks talking about Jarrett Stidham as well. So there's a little bit of fun in the air. Um, yeah. For Jared some Stidham. reason, the backup quarterback uh, who couldn't quite cut it in, you know, was, was chose Mac Jones took him over. Uh, sorry. I'm trying to fill in for Nick while he's freezing here. We, Nick and I talked about this just a little bit. It's like, it's a little interesting, you know, the most interesting signing and the most intriguing signing. It's like the, the guy that the Patriots moved on from for Mac Jones the, the, the team that needed a quarterback uh, after they moved on from Derek Carr. And, you know, he is, no, I, I'm not dogging on Jarrett Stidham. I think he's a great signing for who he is. I just think some of the extra talk here is it's a little kind of out of left field for me. It certainly is out of left field, but uh, we'll see how it plays out. David Yukon, morning Broncos family. Our backup quarterback doesn't need to outshine our franchise quarterback. If he turns out to be a good backup, then we got a steal. Yeah, and they paid him a lot of talk about Jared Stidham yesterday, but guess what? They paid him backup money. Two years, $10 million. That doesn't scream, you know, the next big thing. That says solid backup that we like, that we paid fine money for. But I mean, just looking over at Scott's team, the Atlanta Falcons, they paid Tyler Heineke um, more than that. Uh, Ten. What double. Was the deal they for paid him? double that. For double. that. They, gave him, they gave him 10. Per. So, big difference there. And oh, guys, and good you news. talk about, you know, the likes of Geno Smith and Daniel Jones getting 40. 
Yeah. You know, it's it's the, the the quarterback numbers are crazy. You, it, it's a good signing. Don't get me wrong. We'll get into more of it. We'll keep keep saying some of our good mornings with with Mark with Mark Schrader coming in. Yella, thank you for the super chat, my friend. Good morning as always. Yeah, and good news, chat. This should be my last show with this uh, computer. Chad said it was coming yesterday or today. Of course, doesn't come in early uh, in the the window. So uh, this will hopefully be the last show. I'll even leave work earlier today to get everything set up on the new one. Uh, assuming it does come in chase Wellner saying i'll say this if we're nitpicking the quarterback two signings things are looking up i love I that don't comment think... chase <laughs> yeah i love that comment yeah You're i right. agree i agree uh, i think the big thing about this uh, Jarrett stidham signing is not so much the the quarterback two implications it is the implications on quarterback one and I don't know if things are looking up if we're looking at it with that lens. Unfortunately, not to be a Debbie Downer in that, but everything comes back to Russell Wilson, even when it's not about Russell Wilson. Yeah, I uh, it is. So it, it, the implications of QB1, considering how you had last year, this is somebody that could put some pressure on on quarterback one. And, and there's there's so much there's so much pressure on Russell Wilson that he's not going to notice that he's got he's always had a backup quarterback. He's not even going to notice that. The the pressure on Russell Wilson is going to be internal to play better. It's not going to be okay, there's I'm looking over my shoulder because there's this hot shot behind me. That's not it. It's I'm looking in front of me. And if if what I see in front of me isn't up to par, I've got problems. It doesn't matter who is back there. Unless it's Brett Rippon and you're the one running the team, uh, aka Broncos or a la Broncos to 2022 <laughs> and 2021 and 2020. But uh, Jesse Hillborn, morning, y'all. Hope today's the la- uh, hope the day is starting off on the right foot. Go Broncos. We hope so too. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. No, want to say good morning, to Kathy. Kathy, I saw your Twitter post. Hope you're feeling okay. Um, so now that can be rough sometimes. So we're thinking about you and hope you are doing well. And if we can provide a an hour of entertainment for everybody. Well, we're happy to do so. So hope you're hope you're doing well this morning. And she wanted Gardner Minshew. Is Gardner Minshew still out there? I just no, he was that... signed by the Colts. Colts. Okay. Well, I think he's got they, a better um, chance. In yeah, the I think they they got a good deal. So it was the the Eagles signed Marcus Mariota for about double what the Colts side signed for Gardner Minshew, which was about what the Broncos signed Jarrett Stedham. So if I go through those three backup types, which was half what the Falcons signed for Taylor Heineke. So if I go through those four backup quarterbacks and say Heineke was 10, uh, Mariota is going to be five to eight, and the other two were five and five. I like Taylor Heineke. I think he is probably, if I could pick one quarterback to come in and start out of that bunch, I probably would have picked him. Yeah, Especially for Arthur Smith and what he does in that running offense. So, yes, you're paying a premium, but I think it's a good move because they're starting quarterbacks in the second year of a third-round contract, so he's nothing. They're put $11 million into their quarterback room. I think the Eagles have probably got the worst of that deal because they're paying the most for someone I don't really consider an upgrade over Gardner Minshew or Jarrett Stidham. So I think they probably got the worst of that bunch. And then Gardner Minshew coming in, and who's you know he's coming in the backup for somebody who's not even there yet. You know, but he could come in and start and hold the be a stable pony until whoever they draft comes in and is ready or trade for Lamar Jackson, uh, which I still don't think is completely off the table. And then I think the, the Broncos got a great deal also. So, you know, they, they, they've done very well. So lots, lots going on. And uh, Steve Kennedy has found us on YouTube. He, he had come coming into the chats on Broncos for breakfast and had kept kept finding the the really small streams and I'd see him kind of in there just talking with himself. I'm like, dad, do check this one out. Go check out YouTube or one of the bigger Facebook streams. So he found it. Welcome in. Good morning, Steve. Also wanted to say hello to Bastian coming in here saying first time catching you guys live. Well, good to see you. Also, Guten Tag. Uh, greetings from Germany across the pond. I am German myself. I don't know if you could see the uh, German hat in the background here too. So I, I was like repping the my uh my motherland there so uh good to see you bastian welcome in malcolm brown hello from homer alaska uh, was there an earthquake near homer recently I, I was thinking about you malcolm actually i thought i saw that there was an earthquake outside of there so hopefully everything is okay michaela israel good morning guys good to see you kevin gray in the house too morning what's up broncos country lance johnson coming in saying good morning from prosper texas fellas fellas gotta say a little southern accent good morning broncos country has no uh boundaries absolutely and uh, Lance coming in saying, hey, Scott, what jersey do you got on? I bet Nick could guess. Chelsea. Yep, it's the school. right colors. So yeah. I'll wear the colors, but this is still my team. 
So it's uh it's a Chelsea and Broncos colors or Auburn colors. I went to Auburn too, so the uh, the burnt orange and navy blue works for me just fine. Yeah, absolutely. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Daniel Yost saying good morning. Mile high huddle in Broncos country. Has anyone seen an orange and blue sunrise yet in the sky? It's a uh, cloudy, foggy here in Seattle. So I have not, but uh, <laughs> summer's around the corner. So uh, hopefully and it'll dark. Get, yeah. And dark still it's uh six. I've been up since five 30. So it's all good. DJ Capo and the LH Bulldogs saying good morning. I definitely agree. Quarterback put some pressure on Russell Wilson. No matter, unless the Broncos brought in, like you mentioned, Scott, unless the Broncos brought in Brett Rippon again or, you know, a seventh round, no nothing quarterback, there was going to be pressure. Getting into it a little bit more, though, I think the weird dynamic of this all is that this is a move and a signing and somebody that was brought in under Sean Payton. And what have we seen now with the offensive line? Com- not complete turnover, but pretty massive turnover mm-hmm. uh, across that unit there. What are we seeing with the wide receiver room now? Broncos sounds like they're really. We're just taking phone calls, really shopping uh, Jerry, Judy and Cortland Sutton and have been in on Alan Lazard and have been in on uh, Adam Thielen turning over the wide receiver room. What's to say that, you know, Russell Wilson and that quarterback room wouldn't be turned over as well if it wasn't for that contract. They probably would be because of his probably play last would have season. Been, yeah, but, I mean, if, <laughs> but if there was no dead cap, you'd be mo- yeah. you would have moved on from Russell Wilson already. Yes. Um you know, you, sorry, you can't get those picks back now, but you could at least you could have reinvested the. Uh, but the thing is, um, we get this question a lot, you know, and and we got it from Michaela last night. And Michaela's not on. You and I get it a lot, and we've answered it a lot. And I thought I actually had cut it up into a separate. But why doesn't Russ just restructure his contract? You know, clear up some space. Because three reasons why, and I'll say this again real quick. We hear that all the time. They just restructure. It's almost like an automatic. It's like, if we need more cap space, we'll just restructure our highly paid guys. Three things. One, you don't want to add more years to his deal. Restructuring is, is basically guaranteeing that he's going to be there longer. You don't want to do that yet. Two, um, you've got to have some leverage with them typically. You know, either you want to pay him more and you want to keep him longer to free up some space, or you, you have the ability to get rid of him. Graham Glasgow, you could have said, hey, dude, we're going to cut you or you can take $2 million. He says, I'll take the $2 million. Graham's, Graham restructures his contract. Um, the third reason in there is, oh, is this was the one I was going to get to, was he doesn't have a high cap hit yet. Right now, it's only in the, like 22. If we look at cap hits by quarterback, he's going to be middle of the pack probably at best. Next year is when it accelerates big time and it starts to come even with the dead cap number where you're the same off financially if you keep him or get rid of him. Right now, if you were to get rid of him, it would actually cost you more. So we've talked about Russell Wilson. If you don't want him, you mothball him. You, 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 you put him on the bench and you say, go practice with the practice squad. That's what they do in soccer. Go practice with the reserves. Um, they, But that's, that's not going to happen for a restructure yet. But again, Nick, I'll, just to repeat myself again, the pressure on Russell Wilson 
it's not Jarrett Stidham so much. It's everything else. I mean, you can't tell me that Russell Wilson wasn't feeling boatloads of pressure last year. He wasn't necessarily going to lose his starting job, but he's a professional. He's got pride. He's being embarrassed out there. And you could see it was affecting him, obviously. He's mm -hmm. feeling pressure. The pressure is going to come. Does Again, the pressure is not from behind him. It's it's right out in front of him. Yeah, pressure, pressure all around, honestly. I mean, it is... I think it's still behind him. They could draft a guy too. It's just the whole situation. Uh, Miguel coming in here with the stars. Uh, good morning, fellows. Why did the NFL move away from fullbacks? You would think an extra lead blocker would stay an advantage, right? Uh, a, the fullback is not really an athlete out there in comparison to other positions most of the time. And the fullback doesn't really lend itself to athletes in space in the pass game. That's where the NFL has been training. And also we have pretty direct data that shows, uh, the if you're trying to run the football, the less guys you have in the box, the better you're going to be. No duh, right? But if you have space. a full, yeah. Mm -hmm. But if you have a fullback in there, guess what? Teams are going to put more guys in the box because you have more people to account for. So and full, third reason, it's not an easy role to fill. You know, no. frankly, you know, a guy who's you know built like a like a fire hydrant and wants to run into a wall fifty times a game. It's a mother of a position. You know, and and I'm not going to get to carry the ball. I'm going to be I'm going to be running into their toughest guy on the field, and we're just going to butt heads 50 times a game. Coming up from now in the NFL, sure, I'll, I'll make two million dollars to do that, and hopefully, I, I I make my money and can live long enough, and and make make enough money that I don't have severe health problems. You try getting a kid to play that up through the youth. Nobody wants to play fullback. Nobody wants that job. So if you're missing them in youth football, you're missing them in high school football, you're missing them in college football, guess what? Not a whole lot of them in the NFL either. It's it's not a fun position to play. So you you miss out on some of those guys as well because, hey, I'd rather go do something else. Defense would be a lot more fun than fullback. And a lot of those guys are tight ends nowadays or even sometimes running backs, you know, out of the backfield, kind of bigger bodies, pass catchers. Uh, so you, and football in general, trying to create explosive plays and the fullback itself hasn't in the run game hasn't lended itself to explosive plays. Now you have, I think we've reached the point where some of them are so exotic, you know, teams that use fullbacks that uh, other teams don't really have the personnel to match what a team does from that. And then if you get an opposing defense and base, because you are trotting a fullback based offense out there, then you can create some explosives uh, because you're against base and they have a loaded box and there's more space on the boundaries and deep, but um, we can have a whole football philosophy and team building and personnel uh, discussion on the yeah, our best fullbacks fullback. were basically known for what they could do with the ball in their hands too. Mm -hmm. Zonka, Riggins, some of those. Um, God, Tony Richardson was one of those guys at Auburn who played for a long time with the Chiefs. He was so good. Um, I think unheralded compared to some of those other names, but it's it's just a mother of a position. You know, you're lucky yeah. if you can find one of those guys. So, but good, uh, good, good question, Miguel. And I'm sure you'll be happy to find somebody who's been playing eight years and is in the fullback position now. Uh, Austin H says, is it possible that uh, Brett Rippon still comes back on a vet men for quarterback three? Sure. Yeah. Sure it is. I love um, him at quarterback three. Yeah. And if he's not, then, um, you know, hey, do you want to come in as a, a passing assistant, a special assistant to the team? That's where he's heading. That, yeah, that, that's his path. Absolutely. I want to say hello to some people coming in. Chase Wellner, morning. Jamal Killings, good to see you. Our guy, Ethan, good morning, gents. Good to see you. Always good to see our guy, DWI guys. Falling Sloth in the house. Good morning, Broncos country. Hope you all doing well. We're doing pretty well. Uh, Benjamin Hayward, good morning, Nick and Scott. Do you guys think we'll draft a center? Well, you can check out yesterday's uh, show where we ran a mock draft, and with pick 68 overall, we took Joe Tipman, uh, Wisconsin center. I forgot Go to ahead. save that. I guess we could screenshot it, but usually, you know, we save the... Save the, the, uh, the graphic that gets built. So, yeah, it starts at about 42 minutes on yesterday's Broncos for Breakfast, Benjamin. So check us out. Yeah, absolutely. And I went back and forth on it. Scott, I think if I was really in charge looking at this roster, I'm such a – I'm almost like too forward-thinking when I'm when it comes to the draft that, like, I know center is such a need immediately. But then when I look at the Broncos' depth chart at tackle, I'm like, God, if Matthew Bergeron is there, it's so hard to find tackles yeah. at all. I probably would have taken the tackle and then kicked the can and thought I could have find a center later. Uh, just because right now your backup tackles are Isaiah Prince. And I'm going to be honest with you, Scott, we cover this team 
I had no idea who the backup left tackle was on the depth chart. It's a D Lucio or something. I said like Calvin Anderson last year. So I'm thinking, you know, but you can get guys like that. Okay. If I'm getting reserves, I can spend a million dollars and get my reserves. Cam Fleming was a a solid reserve as a third guy. I sent him $3 million and let's have him be the swing tackle. I'm okay with that. Yes. And then I can address it because if I can get a a 10 year center. Yes. I mean, again, it, it just to me is there's there's analytics and value and all that stuff and then there's just instincts and gut feeling and there's been a war that's gone on between those two for you know since the moneyball era use both i'm absolutely use both you know use some common sense i'm not saying you're not i'm just saying for me you if you could grab a you know one of the top centers and plug and play for 10 years thank you that one that helps the team right away and two i've, I've sorted a position you know, that's taken care of, you know, whatever I got, I don't have to worry about that anymore Um, where I can then still address the tackle position because I've got my starters under contract. I've got, Mm -hmm. I can get cheap backups via free agency. I can still address the future next year. And my center position is already sorted for this season. Yeah. That's my thinking on it. I, I agree with you overall. And I think, you know, assuming you're pretty even. And that's, you know, that's the thing. I think Bergeron's a top 50 prospect. Yeah. And I think Tipman's a top 80 prospect. Yeah. And see, then, then, then you go, then you go with the higher prospect. You're not reaching for a need. I'd be all about it with that. So we'd look at our board that we'd put together and say that Bergeron's the better prospect. Okay. Take it. Yeah. Yep. So that's what I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, I should have pushed back a little harder on that, but it's just a mock. We'll have another chance on another Monday. (laughs) Denver Luke uh, coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Good to see you. I hope you're doing well, guy. Clayton coming in. Morning, Broncos country. Nothing like starting a Tuesday morning, your podcast and walking on the treadmill. Hell yeah. Getting those steps in. I walked about eight miles yesterday. So uh, getting everything ready. We got a thousand calories so far. Smash that like button and share guys. Scott's also a major walker. So uh, getting those steps in as well. So we're, we're, we're all about that. I'm a, yeah, I'll listen to a podcast I'm a on double time. Freaking crazy step guy, literally crazy. Uh, one of these days it'll break, but now I'm on five years and three months straight without missing a day of ten thousand steps. That's pretty good. My next my next milestone will be two thousand straight days. Yes, that's insane. I know. I'm the head lunatic here. This is the lunatic fringe. I'm head lunatic. The uh, God, I think it's the the head coach of uh, Utah, Kyle Whittingham has like worked out or lifted weights like 15 years in a row or something and hasn't missed a day. And he's like had the flu and like, you know, been sick and he's like, no, the streak must go on. That's the hardest part. It's like, you kind of just stumble around outside going up the hill. You're like, I'm going to lay down in this bush. Someone will end up calling an ambulance and I'll be really embarrassed. (laughs) Duke Rose. Hey, Nick and Scott. Hey, Scott. I uh, thought those were Tennessee Volunteers colors with the orange with a minus the blue. Not Scott's. That's fighting words with Scott. Probably a little bit just because they get washed out some. They were a little darker because you can see that Nick's is a little a little darker. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll wear a shirt for 20 years. So this will end up being yellow before too long <laughs> by the time it washes out. That's uh, I always end up eventually getting some sort of bleach stainers on my shirts. I don't know how, but uh, I have a really nice Broncos ha- Henley sweatshirt and has got a little bleach stain. I'm like, ah, how did that happen? Shiloh coming in. Good morning, fellas. Zeus uh, also says hello. Um, I think that's, oh, that's the German shepherd. So very cute. Um, and uh, we got Zach power saying, why not draft Bergeron and Tipman and not the running back? Because uh, Jameer Gibbs is literally perfect for the Broncos and third round is where you want to be taking that guy. And Gibbs average mock draft position is consensus. Big board spot is like 35 overall. We got him at 67. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, where do you have him on your board? And if you've got a guy in the thirties at 60, I don't care what position he's playing. You're taking that guy in the thirties. Yeah. Even if he's a quarterback, you know, I might be able to spin him next year for a, a second round pick. I can do something, you know, that. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Trust your board, but don't be dumb about it. You know, oh, you know, here's, we've got 66 and 67 of our ranked prospects and 67's a punter. Well, no, no, no. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll move some, we'll, we'll hold off on that one. You do still have to put a little bit of positional value in there and some common sense. But if you got a guy that's 30 spots above that's still on the board when you're picking, you're taking him. You're taking him. And yeah. you still need a running back too. You're still fitting a need. The guy would come in and play, get 200 touches next year. That was, that wasn't, that wasn't uh, Bergeron or Tippmann. I mean, and Tippmann. That was we're taking Gibbs now. Who it was? Yeah. <laughs> that was the for sure guy that was going out of that th- those three. Yeah, and I think Gibbs last year for Alabama was their leading pass catcher as well in terms of receptions. And we've talked about ad nauseum how much uh, Sean Payton utilizes the running backs in the pass game. Uh, so that was that was never a question. As soon as he was there, we ran that in. I mean, that mock it's. That was a PFF thing, I think, because they devalue the running back so much that uh, that's probably not a reality situation. I saw that uh, Devon A-Chain actually went before him in that, which is also, I just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's a, will be interesting to see if he's there. And I mean, honestly, I like Gibbs enough that uh, if the Broncos could package 67 and Cortland Sutton and move up to like 45 and he's there, I would, because I think of the utilization of the weapons that they use, there's going to be, less targets available potentially for the wide receiver and more targets available for the running back. I saw so many though, you know, so many decent wide receivers and running backs available when we were picking. And I was like, I don't want to trade up. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, if that happens that way, we'll see. I think Gibbs we'll is so board good. Goes. Lawrence is coming with some big stars, getting the refill. Yeah. It's getting just a little low in there. So maybe, uh, maybe I'll have to get up. Cause I, I poured less today. I was trying to cut back on my caffeine just a little bit just a little bit lately. So I only poured, you know, 20 ounces instead of like 28. <laughs> Lance with words of wisdom, Nick bleach stains come from bleach. Yes, they do. Probably cleaning something and uh, got it on their bum though. And Dom said he got a, a burn on his, a really nice Broncos jacket from uh, having a little bit too much fun with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> so uh, that's <laughs> good times. So, oh, happy belated birthday to D generation eight mm-hmm. uh, X. Uh, We're within two months you. of each other. I think mine was uh, in January, the big 50. Uh, yeah. good, good for you. Um, yeah, it was a it was a good one. And Zach also asking if Gibbs was taken and it was Charbonnet, would it have even close? I do like Gibbs and it's third round. So I would probably not take it depends on how the board falls. I think you have to have a conversation about Charbonnet and uh A Chain uh out of Texas AM there for the Broncos in the third round, but I'd probably punt on that for the for a more valuable position. Uh but uh it will be interesting to see how it uh how it falls, no doubt. Clayton turns uh forty on March 24th. So we got a lot of, uh, is that still Pisces season? I don't know. I'm not into that. I don't know what comes after. See, I, I kind of know it by either by significant others. And I don't yes. think I dated anybody in I've had, I've had early March, late April, but nowhere right in the middle. So I don't know where it cuts over. Well, we got Steve, uh, Stuart Sanchez coming in saying morning guys. Good to see Albert says he turns uh 55 on the 31st this month. So a lot of birthdays coming up, man. There must be something in the air. Uh, with the uh, the Broncos at that time of year. Good people. Uh, I don't believe in that astrology stuff. Yeah, here's no. this is, but like four of the most, and I don't, I'm, I'm one of those, I've got a tight group. I don't have like a zillion friends. I've got mm-hmm. a tight group of friends. And like four of the five closest people in my life were all born in the first week of March. Hmm. It, it's a little weird. When's your birthday? February 6th. It's pretty close. So it's a month off. Okay, yeah. My dad's is, is Groundhog's Day. It's February 2nd. So say hello. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a little strange. I'm like, Literally, one, two, three, four of my closest, including my wife, uh, of my, the closest people in my life were all born in the first month of, of March. It's like, huh, maybe there's something to that. The way chemistry works when your brain's forming. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Who? Lord only knows. Um, but I'm, I'm Broncos, Moon, Hawkeye, I, but, uh, Hawkeye. Sign. All right, I'm gonna have to bail him um, out here. But, a little uh, coffee hopefully, my computer's catching up here. We're gonna have to pump some caffeine into uh, into Nick's computer here 
Uh, at least at least give that hamster wheel a jolt on that graphics card he's got. Should be done today. Should be done today. I'm excited. I'm excited. We'll even we'll even crank this thing up to like 58k on the modem when we start streaming when Nick gets the new machine. Should be coming soon. Uh, today, that's what they say. So um, anyway, back to Jarrett Stidham here. I have the uh, information pulled up on my phone, so that way it doesn't crap out my graphics card. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but uh, Jarrett Stidham was kind of the little bit of the talk for Broncos country in the NFL grand, grand media. You know, the overall NFL at large media yesterday, where you had two articles come out yesterday. One from pretty darn bigwig in the NFL media, uh, Peter King over at uh, NBC Sports. Jeremy says, I feel like I'm getting a new computer at this point. Everyone's winning, right? It's like, it's the people's computer. This is a commune. Um, and Albert saying, I'll start this working is on your from mailbox. Albert. Albert, love you. I've thought about that, but I'm not going to push you when someone's giving you a present. I'm not going to, hey, where's my mailbox? But I, thought, I haven't stopped thinking about it, Albert. But I appreciate you on that, dude. So very cool. I can't wait to take a picture and show everybody else too. What's the mailbox? This is news to me. He's, he's Albert does custom mailboxes. So oh. he's doing like a Falcons Broncos mailbox for me that i can throw in the back for everything so it's very cool hmm, that is cool that's awesome elliot d also awesome five dollars over on youtube saying good morning from page arizona off topic uh but how do you think jonathan cooper will do this year love the input guys jonathan cooper is to me on the malik reed path where he is a solid backup player but right now, considering the turnover considering the potential you know scheme change and everything and considering the cost control Maybe you can flip him for a six round pick and you send Cooper in a seven. He's a fine player to have as a backup. Uh, he's been good out there in bursts. Seems like a great dude as well. Uh, but he's kind of that fourth or fifth edge rusher on your roster. And if the Broncos draft an edge in you know, round three, round four, round five to reset that contract, and you can get a little bit of surplus value off of Cooper and moving a guy who is two years left of control, something you consider. Uh, now I'm, not saying that they'll for sure trade him. I think he's a much better player than uh, Malik Reed was personally. Uh, but again, he's kind of on that back end of the roster right now for me, where you might have a reset of a contracts and you might be able to squeeze out a little bit of extra value uh, moving on from him. Yeah. I, I think I like how Nick has, has thought about this. Uh, if he stays healthy, he's been definitely, he's outplayed a seventh round status. You know, you've gotten more out of him for that. If you got one year left in his deal, you he's kind of on the bubble. Do you want to keep him? Do you want to pay him again? Maybe we can, we've got three years of decent productivity out of him. Maybe we can trade him and get up no, after this year. I'm sorry. Yeah. After this year, um, uh, I would keep him for this year for sure. Um, I might not, but depending on the offer always, yeah. everybody's got a price, yeah. but you know, if he's, if he can go in and have a decent year, maybe he plays his way in. Mm -hmm. He was a little, he's been a little banged up. Who hasn't? I mean, I was like, am I, I can say that. I'm like, wait, am I thinking of the right guy? It doesn't matter. They've all been a little banged up. Mm -hmm. um, that's just like a copy and paste. Battled injuries in his first two seasons with the Denver Broncos. Who? All of them. Um, that I like that, you know, maybe you can, it's a good option to have. When you can, yeah. when you can get that kind of productivity at a good position in the seventh round, Jonathan Cooper was a hit on his draft pick. Maybe you can still flip him and, and do something else. Or he steps up. Because Rainy Gregory can't stay on the field because Baron Browning has battled injuries and Jonathan Cooper grabs his grabs his chance with uh, with two hands. And Elliot D, thank you so much from Page Arizona. Thanks for getting up with us this morning. Uh, and the last on thing the other side of the plan, let me get let me get ODDF real quick. One eighty two. Says good afternoon from Ireland. So cool. He says by the way, who's drafting the penguin in the background, Scott? Uh, he's locked up for years, so that's my daughter's. He's a phone holder, actually, and right now you can see he's holding my my phone charger. Oh, okay. So I like to keep him in the background, and if this is your first time watching the show, my God, these guys are annoying until you get to know us. I, I, I appreciate it. really annoying. a little off the rails today, so we're having a little fun, and normally we're a little, a little more serious than this. So if it's your first time watching and you find us irritating, we apologize. We're not always this bad. <laughs> I mean, if the, if you ask it, then we'll, you know, we'll answer. We're here to have a good time. Uh, but getting back to Jonathan Cooper, uh, the other part here that I want to talk about is I think your, your depth at edge, especially in that, you know, level three, four, five pass rusher is pretty good. And if you talk about, you know, let's say a good one falls to you that you really like, like in our mock draft yesterday, Scott, where we took uh, one in the fourth or fifth round, uh, we took a Yaya Diaby, Diaby Louisville um, from Louisville. 
yeah, really good player. Uh, now all of a sudden you're, you have Zach Allen, who is an inside outside pass rusher who might play a fair amount of edge. You have Randy Gregory, you have uh, Baron Brown and you have Nick Benito, who you invested highly in last year. You have Jonathan Cooper. You also have uh, somebody who I was really excited about signing last year. I'm glad he got a retro year, but Christopher Allen, who was thought of as a top 50 kind of prospect before he got injured early in uh, the 2021 season and got a redshirt year last year, but he might factor into it as well. A really talented player from Alabama. So uh, we'll see how it plays out, but I definitely think it could be interesting. And do we really know enough about the new scheme to jettison for Cooper? No, we do not. Uh, We also don't know what the roster is going to look like, but it is a reasonable it's a reasonable outcome uh, to think that that could be a possibility of why the Broncos would move on from him. Maybe again, you get more value creating that roster spot, unloading that salary cap and flipping a seventh round pick to a sixth round pick. Lance asked, do we really know enough about the new scheme to jettison Cooper for a pick? Uh, I'm going to flip that question around on you a little bit, Lance. It's not about Cooper. I mean, it's not about the scheme. We know enough about Jonathan Cooper to possibly jettison for a pick, depending on who you think you could get in return. What round did we get? Yaya Diaby fifth. Fifth. Yep. Fifth round. Okay. So Yaya Diaby, I know enough about Cooper to know I'd probably rather have Yaya Diaby. Uh, that if, if I said I could get, hey, we, we want to, you want to Cooper fourth. here. We got him in the fourth yesterday. But no, we got it four years of him also. Yeah. You, you got more cost control. So I know enough about Cooper to say I would rather have the guy who's six foot three and a quarter, 265 pounds with 34 inch arms who ran a four, five, one with a 10 foot broad jump and was really productive at the senior bowl. I'd rather have him than Jonathan Cooper. If you said I could, I could make that trade right now, I would. Mm -hmm. So, and that's just based on traits, physical ability, my eyeball scouting scheme independent. I don't care what the scheme is. I think he is a, a higher ceiling prospect. So it's not really about the scheme. It's about the player. And I think there's a little bit more limited upside. You know, Jonathan Cooper went later because he didn't test like Baron Browning did. Baron Browning had similar size, much better, much better athlete. So Lance, it's not, it's not about the scheme. It's for me, it's a little bit more about what I could get in return and could I upgrade physically and with the ceiling on, on Cooper with the pick that I got back. Yeah. And or package them together. If I got a six for Cooper and I took a six and a seventh and move up to the fifth, I'm getting dizzy with all these numbers. And got Yaya Diaby? I would. I yeah. would. Yep. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Lance says VJ doesn't play rookies. Uh, the, I don't think there's going to be any chance for rookies starting on this team regardless, but on positions like edge rusher, defensive line, cornerback, you're going to see rookies get some snaps. Uh, it's just the reality of the rotation of that, those kind of positions. Uh, Stuart Sanchez, quick question from Dallas, Texas. What are your views on the corner? Uh, I think it's he meant stay, not slay. Um, but unless you meant Darius Slay. It was, it was like Darius Slay. Wasn't one of the slays? Didn't they hit, in, didn't hit free agency at one point? He was going to, and then they didn't actually release mm-hmm. him, and they worked out the deal, and he's back in Philly. So uh, if it was Slay, Slay's not an option. Uh, draft or sticking with uh, sticking out with Mathis and Bassey. So I talked about tackle earlier, the depth in the tackle position being concerning. You can say the exact same thing about the boundary cornerback position specifically. Uh, Patrick Sertan and Damari Mathis, who like Damari Mathis starting, I think he's a good cost control player, but I would like some competition for him on the boundary of an equivalent caliber player. Just, you know, get the best ones out there. I don't think he's proven enough yet to be like all in on him. Uh, but you, after behind Mathis and PS2, you have Jaquan McMillan, undrafted free agent last season, who played well in half a game of action and Fayon Hicks who got hurt early on and more of a slot player. So Broncos don't have any really boundary cornerbacks. They moved on. They released Lamar Jackson yesterday, uh, the cornerback Lamar Jackson from Nebraska, not the quarterback from Louisville, but uh, yeah, the Broncos, I think I'm they so have proud to bring of you with Louisville. I'm just so proud of you. I can learn. Um, <laughs> Louis Louisville. Louis Viley. But yeah, Bassey's more of a backup slot. Kawan Williams is a, starting slot so they really do need some uh some cornerback depth and uh and jeremy says you know what we said all along there was no way ronald darby was coming back on that contract now can you restructure him in advance so i need to maybe i need to clear space so i can get my a1 targets at free agency i think the broncos for the most part have done that you know it's hard to picture them going out and getting another 10 plus million guy right now so we've done that what do we have left can we go out and reapproach some of the guys we've cut. Hey Graham, you want to come back on 2 million again? 
I, I wouldn't be for that personally. Um, but you know, I'm not the one that's writing the checks and, and filling out the roster. Darby at 10 or 12, knew no, he was Gonzalez on that contract, wasn't ever gonna happen. Uh, but three or four, let's see what you get while you're out there. You know, if I'm if I'm uh, the Buffalo Bills or a contender and I say, okay, I can I can offer this guy five or four and he might come here and I don't have to necessarily worry about him being healthy constantly, but healthy in time for the playoffs or a stretch run, that might be worth it. But I, I wouldn't want to bring him in on a high dollar deal and count on him because of his health reasons. Yeah, you couldn't do it. And there's still some cornerbacks out there. I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos brought somebody in. Uh, Marcus Peters man corner ball skills not see this one so glasgow resound with detroit good for him yes you know so yeah you we we talk about you can go back again and um he's i i don't want to run him down but he's just when i saw his contract when i first started covering this team and i saw the way he played i'm like what what were you thinking what got injured happen he 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 suffered an injury okay. and his hip and his mobility was zapped pretty seriously after that, unfortunately. Yeah, um, okay. but thanks y'all. I didn't, I did not see that one. And um, yeah. Okay. That, that, that makes sense because I didn't see that. And I, you know, I, I dove into the NFL head first with this team two years ago. So yeah, a lot of the stuff that happened, I've had to learn since then, but he, he, he wasn't good enough and he wasn't playing well enough in his mobility again. I, I like in the question we got a lot is like, why don't, why doesn't this team run more screen passes? Cause your, your offensive lineman cannot move. Yeah. You know, I, 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 you're supposed to like count one, two, three release. And then you go out into the flats and you start blocking one, two, three release the balls there. And the, the, here come the linemen trailing. Yeah. Well, they're not supposed to be behind the running back. They're supposed to be in front of the running back. They just, they just couldn't move. Yeah. Uh, Glasgow was an improvement on Lloyd Cushenberry last year uh, and really helped the team. So therefore, would you have considered bringing him back on a lesser deal? I think you would have considered it, um, but that ship has sailed. He's done. Yeah. And talking about cornerbacks, just wanted to run through some of the names still available. Marcus Peters out there. William Jackson, uh, former first-round pick. Shaquille Griffin, uh, st- only 27 years old still. He struggled in Jacksonville, but had some good seasons out there with uh, the Seahawks. Bradley Roby, a uh, friend of the show, right? Uh, for former Bronco Bradley Roby. Ronald Darby, name still out there also. I saw, I think it was Kathy mentioned Rocky Sin is out there as an option. Uh, definitely you could consider him. And then there was one more name who I thought was out here. Maybe, maybe I'm mistaken. Uh, but yeah, some, there's some, some guys out there. There's no guys out there. And, and, and Jeremy says, this is, I, I kind of always like to poke fun at, at, at the, the commentary around players sometimes. Can't move, can't block, can't stay healthy. He's too expensive. We need to trade him first round pick coming baby yeah yeah you didn't you didn't really you didn't do a good sales job on him on right there no you're gonna have to cut him and you're gonna have to eat a little dead cap not in this case but you know sorry i got news for you when you start the description of a player with three negatives you're not gonna get much back you're gonna have to part ways so pivoting hard left here back to uh jared stidham here um two articles came out yesterday one from peter king and one from bucky brooks who's covered the nfl for a bit and Jarrett Stidham was the main topic. And I'm going to pull, I have the articles here on my phone because uh, I'm afraid my computer will crash. Uh, but uh, Peter King says uh, the, the most fascinating signing of the first week, quarterback Jarrett Stidham, two years, 10 million, 5 million guaranteed after starting a grand total of two games in his four NFL, uh, four year NFL life. But one of those games convinced Sean Payton to take a chance on him after Derek Carr was benched in Vegas uh, in late December to protect them from injury guaranteed. Maybe important to remember later. Uh, Stidham would go on to face the best defense in the NFL in the 49ers and put up 365 passing yards, three touchdown passes and 34 points. So now Peyton buys him uh, to be Russell Wilson's backup and nothing needs to be said uh, to Wilson about it. If Wilson by midseason 2023 is having similarly disa- disastrous season to his first one in Denver, Peyton won't have to punt on the season. He'll have an intriguing backup young quarterback with tools waiting in the wings but Peyton did not go hard after Stidham to put pressure on Wilson. He considered his best options a backup quarterback and thought he could could play it safe for around the same money with an Andy Dalton type or a swing for the fences on a young prospect with significant upside. He went with the latter, and I like the logic. So he went with the upside guy, and there's a little bit of an intrigue there with uh, Russell Wilson option. Yeah, there's you could have – he's 26 years old. That's a baby in quarterback years. You know, when we talk about some of these guys coming out, you know, they're a little bit older. So what? 
you know, you, you can play court. If you can play quarterback, you can play quarterback for another 10 years. If you told me I'd get a 10 year player, I'm, I'm drafting him. You know, I'd be very interested. Um, Peter King says he can't wait for Nick's new computer. <laughs> I was waiting to jump in in case he froze up in that read. <laughs> Roderick. Um, yeah, I, again, it's, you know, most interesting, most intriguing. The move itself wasn't all that intriguing. Jarrett Stidham is a backup quarterback, a good quality signing. The intrigue will be around Russell Wilson. That's where the intrigue is, you know, and no, you wouldn't have to punt. He's a much better quarterback than Brett Rippon. That's no knock on Brett. Brett, you know, you, you you can't put in what God left out is kind of the saying in scouting and, and, and evaluating. And and Brett just doesn't have the physical tools. He doesn't have the arm, the size to be a plus NFL quarterback. It's just, I'm sorry. You know, I don't like saying stuff like that. Usually I try and hedge it a little bit better, but he just wasn't meant to be there. So um, let's see here real quick. Let me block this guy go away i just wanted to point out that henry ruggs is too fast to use the wrong two in that um but uh... oh, whatever just just go away you're you're boring me um yeah. so there was someone if you're listening to this after the fact someone has come into the chat and just walked in and just started flaming us spamming also yeah, but, uh... well, that's boring oh, you know it's not even good trash talk um but it was, it was a great move, most intriguing. The, the intriguing part will be, again, is Russell Wilson done or not? That is the intriguing storyline around the Denver Broncos for 2023. And it will be very interesting to follow uh, that going forward. We also got Austin H. first before I pit, uh, move on to Bucky Brooks talking about it, saying, uh, you think Broncos draft a wide receiver with one of their threes? If so, who would be there at 67-68? Uh, Scott and I talked about this a bit yesterday and we'll continue to do that as the, uh, the draft comes closer and closer, but there are some, certainly, uh, some options for the Broncos mm -hmm. at wide receiver to consider at 67, 68, uh, a name that I would have circled there that I don't think will be there, but could be there, uh, for the Broncos is Tyler Scott from Cincinnati, uh, down the field, vertical threat tested pretty well, not an L crazy speed, uh, but a vertical player and can stack guys, uh, deep pretty quickly. Uh, I also really think that. I'm a huge fan, uh, probably my favorite wide receiver in this class, considering he's not the best one, but my favorite is probably Cedric Tillman uh, from Tennessee. I think he's just a monster. He was dealing with a high ankle sprain this last season. You go back to his tape from uh, 2021, though, and it is pretty damn good. I think he probably would have been a first-round uh, caliber pick if he had stayed healthy this season. I think the tools are that good. Uh, but he's more of an X, so I'm not sure if that's the type the Broncos are looking for. Uh, we'll see. But th there's a number of options there at 67, 68 that the Broncos could consider. They also could consider one uh, further down. I saw, uh, I think it was Benjamin Albright linked the Broncos to Trey Palmer and Bryce for When we were picking, Trey Palmer was there. You yes. know, Tank Dell was there. Tank so, Dell. So, yeah, depending on what you want to do, you know, if you've been working this hard to try and, and get a replacement get an, for the receiver room, you want to move on from Sutton, et cetera, et cetera. If you move on from Sutton, it becomes a very high possibility. You're looking at receiver that one of those first two picks in the third round. Trey Palmer was there. Trey Palmer came in six foot, 192, 433. Yes, please. And like mm -hmm. I said, the first time I watched him, I didn't know he was that fast. And that's a compliment, not because he was slow, but because he was running shorter underneath routes and had good hands. I'm like, okay, well, this guy knows how to get open and he's he's reliable catching the ball. Oh, by the way, he's a 433. What? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm interested. I'm interested for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, but kind of funny from Ben Albright. He listed uh, Trey Palmer and Bryce Ford Wheaton, who I believe were the two fastest 40 times um, at the combine. So I don't know if Albright, you know, sorted uh, the combine results by the fastest 40 and picked the top two there. Or if he has some insight on those two players being linked to Broncos. Um, but we got Eric Windman coming in saying we are not taking a receiver. Maybe not. But I think literally with how the Broncos roster is set up right now, you could almost go any which direction and it would make sense. I think they did a good enough job in free agency, filling immediate holes that uh, outside of the center spot uh, that you can go any which direction. Now, hopefully they figure out center before the draft because uh, you don't want to be in a position where you have to take one, but wide receivers are certainly on the table. It's not a I have agree. to, but it's on the table. With, with all the talk about Cortland Sutton and I, I, Jerry Judy, neither one of them, they don't make sense to me. And I've, I've gone through why, if you, if you want to know again, ask, I'll tell you. But if, if Sutton isn't on this roster, wide receiver becomes a very real possibility in the draft if, if no one else has been signed and no one else was replaced. So one of those two spots, 
interior lineman, I'd try and find a center. And and absolutely, I would think that wide receiver would be well on the table. Yeah, and especially the value of wide receivers. I mean, these guys are getting paid crazy money right now on the open which market. Is, again, which is strange. It's like, okay, so we know what the value of the wide receivers, and I just want a third for Sutton. I'm not buying it. I am not buying it. I don't care. I, I'm not. I'm not going to believe it until I see it. One of mm-hmm. those things. Like, don't. I don't care what you're saying. I don't care. I don't care what he's saying. He's saying. He's saying. He's saying. You show me what happens because right now Sutton for a third does not make sense to me. And if it happens, like I've said, it's because something there's a, it's a personality thing. It's not a, it's not a financial or a talent thing. If Sutton goes for a third, it's just not because that doesn't make any sense. Might be a medical thing too, possibly. Uh, You you can't get anything for him. You couldn't trade him for a third if it's medical. Probably not. Then that's why some of the conversation has been, a fourth recently, but we'll see what happens uh, with that. Now, but back to Jarrett Stidham again, uh, Bucky Brooks wrote about him as well yesterday in his article of signings, not to uh, overlook and number one list on listed on this was Jarrett Stidham. He also talked about it on his podcast yesterday with Daniel Jeremiah, but uh, Bucky Brooks writes, perhaps the former Raiders simply joined the division rival to fill a backup role, but Russell Wilson's struggles in 2022, make the fifth year pro an intriguing insurance policy for Sean Payton Stidham's in, uh, IQ Arm talent and promising flashes as a spot starter for Las Vegas undoubtedly raised his profile as a developmental player with quarterback one potential. Although Wilson's hefty contract makes it nearly impossible for the Broncos to swiftly unload him if his woes continue, Stidham gives the Broncos a viable option if Peyton needs to make a change in order to spark the offense. Furthermore, this signing proves the new coach isn't going to kowtow the team's highest paid player. You know what that means, right? Like cater to. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. of course. It means this 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 isn't Russell Wilson's team. Yeah, this is, gonna... this is Sean Payton's team. He's in charge. He's the boss. And that was clear when he took the job. Yep. Sean Payton's not going to play second fiddle to anybody. The dude has a massive ego. He's kind of an ass. And that's all good things. If he's your kind of an ass, because he's a hell of a coach. And it says that closes out with that. Not surprising about Payton being uh, ca- not kowtow to uh, his highest paid players. Not surprising when it comes to Payton but he is indeed the head man in Denver and this is now his show and his show in italics. So again, interesting. It's well, maybe it's some projection, maybe it's some posturing here. Uh, but a lot of this conversation comes to Russell Wilson. If he struggles this year, Sean Payton is going to pull the plug and yeah. it would, we wouldn't think twice about it. Uh, Russell Wilson. I don't know at some point we're gonna have to have a conversation about what is Russell Wilson's leash look like. Uh, mm-hmm. But both of these articles from NFL insiders, people connected to the league. Now, maybe not directly connected to the Broncos, but connected to the league, make it sound like Bronco Stidham is not plan a, obviously, but he's also not just a fill the gap backup. Also, no, Broncos a would viable be okay plan B. he is a yes. viable plan B without a doubt. And what else could you ask for, for $5 million in your backup quarterback? It was a, it really was a great signing. And you know who we love. Who's great for us. Naj, Naj all tough. Can't wait to see you again. I feel like, with all this, you know, with all this talk, it's like I'm getting excited. Like, like the season's right around the corner. You know, it's not, but it feels like it is with all these new players and stuff coming in, and which means the meet and greet is right around the corner. So, Naj, you can't ghost us for the whole time. Next time, he's like, "Hey, brothers, how you doing? Good to see you. Gotta go." Like, well, nice to meet you, the legend. He's in and out. Maybe that's why he is a legend. He says, "Hey, brothers, we haven't had anyone more than eight sacks since 2018." I'm concerned about the pass rush. You should be. It has been inconsistent and at times non-existent. Is there anyone you see the Broncos going after that's left in free agency? I think your best pass rush options, and then I'm going to turn it over to Nick, are in-house. And they got to be healthy. A healthy Randy Gregory and a healthy Baron Browning, and those guys can combine for 16 to 20 sacks or so. Man, this troll needs to get a freaking life. Yeah, I got him. Dude. I'll just let you handle that, Scott, because... uh, Whatever, dude. We're having a good day. Sorry you don't have anything better to do. Yeah. <laughs> I could do this all day. Yeah. I, I mean, the Chiefs... like the old version of Steve Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Chiefs do own the Broncos. Congrats. Yeah, yeah. we know. Good luck. It's been an <laughs> ass whooping. We, we know. We, we were there. We watched. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, I think the Broncos, in, ter- in terms of adding pass rush, there's still, I think, spots on the roster. Yannick Ngakwe is an option. Frank mm-hmm. Clark is still out there. Justin Houston is still out there. Uh, there's some the Bud Dupree, I believe, is still Frank out there. Frank Clark, also. did you say? Yes. Frank did Clark he, still out there? It, yes. There Frank are Clark, still yep. some options out there. Now those guys are going to be expensive. You know, maybe. 
they're old. <laughs> I know, but they're so they'll want to play on a one-year, ten million dollar deal. Von Miller was old. He was still productive. But he's a superhero. Like, but, but again, you know, we're talking about guys that have, have done well. And Ngakwe is not that old. No. He's just kind of a one-trick pony. He is a designated pass rusher. Okay, yeah. well, go get me a sack every other game. Finish the season with eight sacks. Because he's had eight sacks every year since he's been in the league, which is kind of a record. Yeah. Um, it, it, there's like the, the guys that have done that, that are in the same boat with him, are Hall of Famers that have had in their first six or seven season in the league at least eight or more sacks. There's only like five guys that have ever done it, and the other four in the Hall of Fame. Ngakwe will be a $10 million guy, but he will yeah. guarantee you those eight sacks, Nosh. Almost guaranteed. I think you can probably find, if you're looking for edge specifically, a one-year, five million kind of guy, uh, Melvin Ingram, Bud Dupreeze. Not vet minimum, but above that as well, because there's just a saturation of those guys. Are they going to want to come to Denver to be a backup? Or are they going to go to a team that's probably more on the uh, the playoff guarantee that can you know play through the you know chasing that ring? So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but Nosh coming in and saying, me too, can't wait uh, to meet up. That'd be great. But I think the area for this roster to add pass rush improvement is probably more so on the interior. Uh, the the I think you have a chance maybe somebody like Shelby Harris uh, could add to your 3-4 defensive end look there. There's a rotational piece. And also, Keith Brugman brings him up. Clayus Campbell, uh, inside-outside pass rusher you can add. There's going to be plenty of snaps available between right now who are your starters on the interior. DJ Jones, Purcell, and Zach Allen inside-outside. I mean, you still have like, 30 40 percent of snaps available out help there. me out with this one nick this comp with campbell i think campbell's probably got a little bit more size but as far as production and what they do how close is campbell to a shelby harris uh, campbell's different because of his size right. and his mass mm-hmm. uh i think also he's in his history he's he used to have more athleticism where because of also the size and length he could play edge more in a heavy defense where you wouldn't really see that from shelby harris but I think Campbell at this point in his career, probably a better third down sub package kind of guy where Shelby Harris is probably better first and second down. But uh, Michael rush- Ranquillo, Michael, the icebreaker Ranquillo, he comes in and um, let me hit block real quick. Says Seattle Seahawks just released defensive tackle Al Woods. Thoughts, Nick and Scott. Michael, I haven't paid that much attention to him other than, hey, he's getting paid and doing well since high school. Uh, he was at Taft High School when I was in California, so I got to see him a lot. Um, so I scouted him then. I haven't really watched him a ton since then, but it seems like the Seahawks have some shaking up to do on the offensive line themselves because with Shelby Harris gone, with Al Woods gone, they're gonna be in first they're gonna be in for some big bodies uh as well. And you might be Aaron able to get Carter. Al Woods. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh or uh Tyree Wilson's an option for them, but we'll see how it plays out for the, uh, the Seahawks. They also have their pick where they could take maybe a hall or some, or a Brian Brisset, uh down there. So how would it be interesting? I think you probably can get Al Woods for a similar deal to Mike Purcell, given the age and everything that uh, leans into with uh, that nose tackle spot. But uh, finally, Scott, before we wrap it up here, why all this talk about Russell Wilson being benched for Jared Stidham? You have him for all these years. Yada, yada, yada. Russell Wilson, you know, Bucky Brooks hinted at it. Peter King hinted at it. You're kind of stuck with Russell Wilson. The big thing here with Russell Wilson is the guaranteed money. And I have an article here from Over the Cap. They published it in November last year talking about the Broncos uh, and the issues with uh, Russell Wilson and specifically the injury guarantees. Uh, Russell Wilson. uh, So real decision for the point for the Broncos will come in 2024. If Wilson is on the roster on the fifth day of the league year in 2024, then he gets a, his 2025 salary fully guaranteed, $37 million. So the fifth day of the league year next next year. It's also 100% guaranteed for injury. So uh, if the Bronco, if he gets injured this season and is on the injury report to on the fifth day of 2024 next year, fifth league day of 2024 next year, that $37 million for 2025 becomes fully guaranteed. You cannot move on from him. And an additional $4 million becomes injury guaranteed for 2026. So those are all added on to the... Uh, the signing bonus that he got that was spread over the whole duration. That is the dead cap hits that you're going to see if you move on from him after the season. But if he gets injured this season and cannot be moved on from, you can't move on from him this off season. It'd be after 2025. So it extended a lot, a lot of guaranteed extra as well beyond. So uh, interesting. Yeah. And we saw that happen twice last year. Uh, we saw it happen with Derek Carr who got benched because you were there for, he might get hurt in his, his 
contract would guarantee. We saw it with Matt Ryan in Indianapolis. So if if Russell Wilson does get benched, you're not going to see him again. That's when he's mothballed. You know, for one reason or another, that's when he gets mothballed. Um, and I mean, just put up in bubble wrap. Don't let this happen because we do not want his contract to guarantee we are going to want to move on after the season and eat that dead cap hit. Teams can survive. They, they, You can't survive a $30 million dead cap hit. You can. It's not fun, but you can. And then once that cap hit is over, you have a lot of fun uh, that offseason after. Just ask Scott with the Falcons this year on a show. It was jubilation uh, out there with covering the Falcons. Because like, oh my God, this is what spending money is like. I love this. Well, you, you learn you learn as a general manager how to really find value. You've got to really work hard. It's, it's kind of like college football recruiting. You know, I, I always caught hell from people. You know, what do you know? Blah, blah, blah. Well, well, I know I don't have to be much of a scout to figure out who Georgia should be getting. I should be able to scout like this with my hand covered over my eyes and go, I can hear that guy better than everybody else. That's how easy it should be. So, yeah, I, the, the next level guys are the Georgia Southerns of the world or, you know, the, the lower power, they have to scout, they have to get all the leftovers. So when you're cash strapped for a couple of years, you've got to do a little extra work and then you have money. So we're not trying to build this up. Hey, it's all going to go on the tank. You're going to have a one lean year and then come back firing. But possibility real quick before we get out of here um keith and and jeremy and uh john and degenerate x are talking about shelby and um he says shelby harris felt disrespected in the training saying let's ride in an interview right after the seahawks beat the broncos can he put it behind him yeah he can he can i would i would talk to justin simmons i would talk to vance joseph before i would talk to shelby harris and if they said it was good then i would say okay let's let's talk uh, Shelby would be interested in coming back under the right circumstances for sure. Yeah. It would be, uh, interesting to see what would happen there, uh, with Shelby Harris coming in. I'd be, I'd be for it. Uh, he'd probably have to play for close to league men, but I mean, extend his career, probably still got a house in Denver. Um, that would be great. Michael Ronquillo, uh, saying great show today, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast, go Broncos and Buckham. We appreciate you, Michael. We appreciate everybody coming in today. I saw Ethan in here as a closer, but uh, maybe he's going to have to hit us hit us up tomorrow or something. But uh, yeah, we appreciate Michael you. Michael might close us out today. And he opened the icebreaker, the closer. So he broke the ice, freezing over the top. Went a full <laughs> nine innings. Complete game. Michael, uh, did you happen to catch the uh, World Baseball Classic yesterday, Mexico, Japan? I haven't watched any of it, unfortunately. Um, okay, my, my, I told you what my weekend was like. Yeah. Yeah, you've been busy. But uh, it was an incredible game. Um if you get a chance, check out the highlights. It's a, it was a fun one, but uh, guys, that's gonna have to do it for us today. Hopefully the last show with this computer. Um, I got to fly and Scott's got to fly too. So uh, let, let's uh, wrap it on up here. Make sure you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at BFB underscore pod and at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you check us out on Apple Podcasts. Leave us your five-star rating and a review for a chance to win some of the gear. Hey, if you win, Hey, ask for the Broncos uh, coffee mug. A lot, a lot of fun there. And uh, as the ticker says underneath here, please subscribe, like, and share. If you haven't done so yet, click the thumbs up on the way out over on Facebook. We got a lot more viewers on the Facebook side than the uh, interaction. So we would really appreciate that. And uh, there's Ethan. I see him um, saying great shows as always. Sounds like a Hopkins trade is uh, heating up. Sent the Broncos in on Lazard and Thielen. Why not? Uh, because of draft capital. That would be my, would be my guess. Yeah. You wonder what, what, what it would take. And frankly, I'd be okay giving up, you know, the pair of thirds for D Hopkins and he wants to resign or the a, a third and Sutton. Okay. Let's throw that in there. Yeah, then I still have my third. I could still address the center position. That's what's interesting to me. Okay? Yeah. I, I still, I, I, I need a center more than I need a receiver, but you say, why not? I agree, Ethan. Why not? Yeah. Should be on the phone for sure. Watch out for the Cowboys. I feel like I was reading about the Cowboys being in on Sutton. Possibly. They just traded for Brandon Cooks. They're going to add yeah, another one. Then watch out! Watch out for the Cowboys. That makes sense. It makes sense. You got a big, talented, unhappy wide receiver, Dallas Cowboys. You do. You're, you're talking about adding him to Dallas on top of Brandon Cooks, who they just traded for yesterday. Wouldn't, yeah, nothing would surprise me with with Dallas. So, but I'm I agree with you, Ethan. Why not? I would. I would be on the phone. What's it going to take? Here's a fifth in Cortland Sutton. Yeah. I'm a little bit concerned uh, not to make our Chiefs troll in here happy, but I think that a lot of smoke towards Kansas City on that one. But uh, we'll see. Also, there's a uh, sounds like the Giants are still aggressively pursuing wide receiver 
and they need wide receiver help really badly out there. And yeah. uh, so why York. not? Cause there should be some good competition for him. If he can be had for cheap considering yeah. where his contract is, his contract is expensive and he's going to want to sign for a lot of money. Yeah. And the Arizona Cardinals, the uh, race for Caleb Williams is on. Maybe they go back to that <laughs> USC well and bring in Lincoln Riley as well, but we'll see guys have a great one. We got to get it out here. Uh, continue to choose kindness and compassion. I will see you again tonight with Carl on building the Broncos, but until then go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.